Welcome to the SJBC Sunday Morning Sermon. We hope you enjoy this message brought to you by our senior pastor, Dr. Richard Carver. For more podcasts, videos, and information on our church, please visit mysjbc.org. I invite you to join me on page 442 there in your pew Bible, Psalm chapter 25. <laughs> I neglected to mention that John notice the steeple when you came in. Doesn't it look good? Yeah. It's a uh, long, long, hard work there to get that thing repaired. And it, it really, really, really looks good. And I'm grateful that they were able to get it finished before uh, our homecoming, our anniversary here in a couple weeks. So uh, thank you, Myra and trustees and everybody that was involved with making sure that was done. It sure looks good. Uh, we're still in our series of sermons, The God uh, Who Is and He Is. Today we're thinking about the God He Is. That he is the one who speaks, that God speaks to us. And, and we want to think today about hearing God's voice and listening to God, the God who speaks. I mean, it might sound like a mystery that God speaks, but he does speak. And we can hear him uh, in our heart, in our, in our minds. And, and, and you know, it could be a mystery or uh, that it takes some kind of special skill or talent uh, or some kind of special connection. To listen to God. So we want to think about those today. Most of us are better at talking than we are at listening. And listening to God really is like listening to anyone else. Before we can hear, we've got to be ready to listen. You think about the last conversation that you had, but one that you had while the television was on or while someone was on a phone call or while there were other distractions happening. Uh, during that conversation, there, there were probably a lot of what you says and a lot of huhs and a, a lot of what's that because you were distracted by the other noise that was going on. And just as in any good conversation, we can't hear the other person if we're talking. And we're thinking today about listening to God, that God speaks. It's also true that we can't hear the other person if our minds are wandering or distracted. And the same is true for God. If our minds are distracted, if our hearts are distracted, if they're wandering, uh, we're not going to hear from God. And we want to hear God speak. We want to hear God speak to our hearts and to our minds and to, in, into our lives. And, and we want to have sweet fellowship with God. We want to be friends with God. And, and if we want to hear our friends speak, then honestly, we've got to be quiet and allow him to speak. We've got to be focused on what he's saying. And so regular conversation with God can transform our lives into something very peaceful and something very beautiful. I read from a devotional guide called Utmost for His Highest, and it's written by Oswald Chambers. And, and Oswald Chambers, in this devotional guide, asks, what's the sign of a friend? How do you know if someone is a friend or not? And he asks that, he asks the question, he says, is a friend... Uh, that person who tells you their secret sorrows. And Oswald Chambers says, no. It's not a, a friend. It's not someone who tells us our secret sorrows. That a true friend is someone who tells us their secret joys. Now think about the relationships that you have, and, and we'll find people everywhere who are ready to spill their secret sorrows. They share their secret sorrows with you, in line at the grocery store, when you're in a doctor's office, when you're sitting next to them having your hair cut or your, your hair uh, fixed, we, we, we encounter people all the time, almost daily, who are ready to share their secret sorrows 
But those aren't friends. Anyone will share a secret sorrow. Almost sounds crazy, but the true indicator of intimacy is when your friend shares their secret joys with you. And when we share our secret joys, we're really, we're sharing our hopes, we're sharing our dreams. And so if you think about the people that you are most close to, you probably know what some of their dreams are, what some of their hopes are, because you've got that kind of intimate relationship with them where they're going beyond just sharing their sorrows. They're sharing with you their hopes, their dreams, their, their joys, because they feel comfortable being vulnerable with you. Well, here's the question I want us to think about today. If intimacy is a sign of sharing our secrets, or if sharing our secret joys is a sign of intimacy, when was the last time you had God share some of his secret joys with you? Some of his hopes, some of his dreams for you? Or are we continually telling God our secrets without giving him time to talk back? See, God speaks. And his voice requires listening. That all sounds easy, but making time to sit still, it can be a challenge, particularly in our hurry and, and, and busy world. I mean, we're all very busy. And it's hard to get quiet and even harder to stay quiet. But hearing from God is more than just turning off the television. It's more than just turning down the telephone. It's more than just getting away from doors and windows where noises and distractions might be. To hear God, it requires a quiet heart. And it means becoming still enough on the inside to hear him speak despite all the craziness that's going on on the outside. I want you to think back to the day when you became a Christian. I want you to remember where you were, the room you were in, the, the place you were. Maybe you were in your, your living room or maybe you were in your car or at a camp or in a worship service. You might have been in your bedroom at home or at a friend's house. But jog your memory and remember the day, the time, the place that you were when you came to Christ as Savior and Lord. Now, you may not remember the exact date, but you'll remember where you were because that was a life-changing experience for you. You went from being lost to being found. Now, if you think back to the day when you became a Christian, when everything was new at the beginning, of your walk with the Lord, it's likely that you were full of requests. That you were, now that you had this newfound relationship with God, that you were going to God regularly with prayer and telling Him all sorts of things about your life because you had this new relationship with Him because you once did not have one, a relationship, and now you do. But then we find that God wants to, to get us into an intimate relationship with Him. He wants to, to get in touch with us to get in touch with his purpose for our lives and, and, and that changes just a little bit. God does have a purpose for you. Jeremiah 29 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Oswald Chambers says that the sign of a true friend is intimacy and it's intimacy where you share your secret joys your secret dreams, your secret hopes. Look at the last part of this verse. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. You know, when God thinks about you, he's got dreams for you. 
He's got hopes for you. He's got joys in store for you. And these are the secret joys that God has and they're tailor-made just for you. But how are we ever supposed to know about that if we're not listening? If we're not paying attention when he speaks? What God makes so clear to us is not so much his big blessings, and we're grateful for those, but we're God's children. You have your, if you've placed faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, then you're God's child. And, but are we so close to him, so intimately tied to Jesus, that we can catch the secrets of God? Those secret joys that he, and hopes and dreams that he talks about in Jeremiah 29 11, that God has made just for you, that he wants to tell you about. I mean, we serve a God who speaks. You know, it's the tiny things that, become dear to us in our relationship with God because, uh, yes, we're grateful for the big blessings, but the small blessings that we have from God remind us of his daily attention. It's the little things he does throughout every day, every week, every month, that shows us that he loves us, that he's intimately involved with our lives. Things like having a parking space open by the door when you go grocery shopping. Someone's telling me this week that or a few weeks ago, there was a gentleman that drove past a donut shop. He said, God, if you want me to stop in this donut shop, let there be a parking space open right in front of the door. Sure enough, he got off the road and went to the donut shop, and no parking spaces were open. So he said, God, I'll tell you what, I'm going to drive around one more time. And if there's a space open in front of that door, that's your sign that I should go get a donut today. So he drove around, and sure enough, there were no spaces open. He said, all right, God, one more time. He did that eight times. <laughs> Finally, on the eighth time, there was a parking space open in front of the door. And he said, God, thank you for answering my prayers. He went in and bought a dozen donuts. <laughs> because he knew that God was watching out for him. Now, that's funny, but God watches out for us like that. And it's the little things that he does. Whenever you're going through your day and a, and a song pops into your mind, Tammy Holloman got with Stephanie this week about a song that she had heard. It's called Honey in the Rock. And Stephanie asked me, she said, you ever heard of a scripture reference about honey being in a rock in the Bible? And I said, no. I've read the Bible through several times. I said, I don't think that's scriptural to say that there's honey in a rock. Well, you know what? It's in the Bible about six times. <laughs> that God provides honey for us from a rock. And so we listened, Stephanie read the lyrics to me yesterday. I sat in my office and listened to the song before I came in uh, this morning. And it's a powerful song about God interacting with us on a daily basis, letting us know that he's watching out for us, he, he loves us, he cares for us. And God speaks to us every day. And he makes clear to us that he has an amazing love for us because he knows every detail of our lives. So join me in Psalm 25, verse 12 and 14, page 442, there in your pew Bible. Who then are those who fear the Lord? Remember that word fear means to honor, to reverence, to, to you know, extol and to lift up. It's not being afraid like you're afraid of the dark. It's a sign of true reverence for God. So who then are those who have true reverence for the Lord? He will instruct them 
in the ways they should choose. The Lord confides in those who fear Him. He makes His covenant known to them. Now that's a powerful passage of Scripture right there. Because it's speaking to us on, our, on a very personal level about how God interacts with us in our life. See, God is a, is, yes, He's holy, yes, He's just, yes, He's sovereign, but He's also a God who speaks to His children. You know, at the beginning, we want the feeling and the awareness of, of God guiding us, and we want to feel it, and we want to sense it. We want to sense the Holy Spirit guiding us in our decisions throughout the course of life. But as we begin to grow spiritually, we begin living with this new awareness of God that, that He's always there, and we know that He's always there. You know that He's always there. You go through the, your course of life knowing that God is right there to hear your most silent utterance of God, I need help. He's right there. And it's almost as if we can feel Him sometimes right there beside us, and we're so close that we, we, we don't need to even ask sometimes what His will is because we perceive it so clearly that He has this particular direction for our lives. And the thought of choosing other than God's will really is the, the furthest thought from us because we know that He's so close. So if you're saved this morning, God guides you in your everyday choices because He wants you to live at a place of joy, at a place of harmony, but at a place of His blessing. He guides us. And he always guides and directs us to what is very best. He never guides us to second best. He always guides us to the very best. And if you're saved this morning, you're experiencing that, the, the voice of his soul, Holy Spirit. And anytime there's a, a doubt, we just stop. Because we know that he's speaking. But how do we get to the place where we can feel God stops and God goes? It's a time in the day when we just say hello. When you begin your day with, with God, hearing the God who speaks, it requires a deliberate choice on, on our part to shut out the chaos, to turn everything off and down, and focus our thoughts on Him. The prophet Elijah had an awesome encounter with God, and it really happened on the worst day of his life. At the, certainly the lowest moment of his life. The story's in 1 Kings chapter 19. If you want to turn there, page 285 there in the Pew Bible. But the, the, the story in 1 Kings is about the time when the prophet Elijah was hiding in a cave. I mean, just a really bad place in his life. And so we're told this in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing in here, Elijah? Now that would just scare you to death anyway. But God's speaking to him. And he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord of God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left. And now... They're trying to kill me too. What Elijah was doing, he was hiding. He, he was calling it quits. I mean, this was a, a very low point in his life. And, and, and he's just calling it quits. The Lord asks him to do something. And it's really something a little odd. If you read the story, God tells Elijah, I want you to get out of the cave and go out and stand on the mountain. And I want you to see me when I pass by. So Elijah does. He's obedient. 
But before he could get out of the cave, as he's attempting to be obedient to God, a thunderous wind hit that mountainside. I mean, man, it just shook everything. A powerful, powerful wind. And it's the kind of wind that, that blows you over, that blows trees over. Just a very powerful wind. The kind of wind that would almost strike fear in us because you don't want to get out in there. The rocks were shattered with the fierceness of this wind. But God wasn't in the wind. As powerful as that wind was, and as Elijah was watching it, as God said, come out and I'll let you see me pass by. As powerful as that wind it was, God was not in the wind or the earthquake that came after the wind. There was a violent earthquake that just shook everything. But God wasn't in that. He wasn't in the fire that rained from heaven after that. And no doubt Elijah wondered, what's coming next? I mean, you got this awful wind, we've got earthquakes, there's fire coming down from heaven, and none of this is God's. I mean, is it going to be lightning bolts? Is it going to be a flood? What's next? But instead, in the silence, there was a whisper. And Elijah heard it. It wasn't a shout. got up, he walked to the opening of the cave, and he stood at the opening of the cave, and he hid his face with his coat, because he knew that it was the Lord. And that gentle voice, that whisper, that could not have been heard because of all the noise, that could not have been heard because of all the distractions that were going on, that could not have been heard because of the fire that was falling from heaven and the ground shaking and trembling. That all had to be pushed aside to hear the whisper. And that gentle voice asked Elijah the same question that he'd asked before. Elijah, why are you here? Why are you hiding in this cave? Why, why are you at this place in your life? And so Elijah repeated his answer. He said, listen, they're not being obedient to you. They've rejected your law. They've torn down the altar. They've destroyed the place for where to worship you. They've killed all the prophets. Now they're trying to kill me. But then the Lord gave Elijah in this chapter some specific instructions. He told that old prophet, you're not the last one. You're not the only remaining one who has refused to worship idols. You're not the last one. 7,000 others had not left God to follow Baal. He wasn't alone. But keep in mind that God was in that whisper. He wasn't in the shouting of the wind, in the shouting of the earthquake, or in the shouting of the storm. He was in that whisper. Now to hear someone whisper, you've got to be pretty close to remember when Stephanie first got her hearing aids. I was used to talking loud, but after she got them, she could hear everything. I had to be careful what I said, because she could hear me. Even when she was, I was behind her, she could hear me. And she would say things like, what'd you say? And I knew that she had heard what I said, I just didn't, I 
couldn't repeat it. She wanted me to repeat it. I couldn't repeat it. And so I did a test. You know what the test was? Yes, I heard you all three times. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was whispering. God whispered. He whispered to Elijah. The worst day of his life. Now, I don't know when your worst day is or was. and It may be that your worst day is yet to come. But on those worst days, when you're ready to throw in the towel, when life around you is raging, is always whispering. And he loves you and wants you to hear his voice. You know, whispering doesn't work very well. If you're speaking to someone who's standing on the other side of the room, whispering doesn't work very well if you find yourself in a difficult situation or, or, or life event or circumstance. See, God doesn't want a long-distance relationship with you. Yes, God is the God who speaks, but he wants you up close. That's why Jeremiah 29, 11 is so important. Because God has custom, tailor-made joys for you. Plans to, for hope in the future. And that word hope means dreams, and joys, and harmony that God has for you. And they're not in the big things. It wasn't in the big storm. It wasn't in the big earthquake. It wasn't in the big fire. It was in the little whisper. It's in the little things. God wants a close, intimate relationship with all of his children. And all that takes time, it takes effort, it takes patience. I mean, learning to hear the way God speaks, it doesn't happen overnight. But we have to start. So where do we begin? We begin by listening to God, by having a seeking heart. Because God's looking for you. Notice that God went to find Elijah. Elijah wasn't going to find God. God went to Elijah on the worst day of his life, sought him out, and he thought hiding in a cave would shield and shelter him, that he could call it quits. But God was looking for him. God looks for his children. He watches for his children. Yes, God's looking to seek him to save the lost, but he's watching out for his children too. And that's you if you've got faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. In the Old Testament, David had this kind of heart. In Psalm 63, David wrote, You, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. Now, Elijah wasn't looking for God. But David says, Earnestly, I seek you. Now, you know what that means. You've had someone give you bad news or you've had a bad experience or something has happened in your life and you have earnestly sought God because you needed his intervention. You needed him to move. David said, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. And he tells us what this seeking feels like. He said, I thirst for you. You know what it is to be thirsty? You want a cold glass of water when you get thirsty. There's only one thing that will really satisfy and quench that thirst. And David's saying, as I earnestly seek you, there's only one thing that's going to satisfy me. I thirst for you. 
I don't thirst for water. I don't thirst for friendships. I don't thirst for other relationships. God, I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. We want to hear God's voice. God is speaking. You may not have heard him late because of all the distractions that are in your mind and in your heart or in your life or in your world. But if we want to hear God's voice, then we've got to seek him like David and be honest with him like David and tell him our struggles and fears and joys to share with him all of that and ask him to give you ears to hear and eyes to see the ways that he's speaking to you because he is. Challenge God to let you hear his voice, to let you learn to discern to hear his voice. Ask him for the ability to recognize the difference between his voice and your voice. In 1985, I was really wrestling. In 86, I was really wrestling with the call of ministry. And it got real intense around 1990 and 1991. And the question I keep, kept telling Stephanie is, I don't know if it's me calling me or if it's God calling me. I was struggling wanting to know, is, it, is this something that I want to do? Or is it God really calling me? I had a cousin. I was part of an ordination council last week, and last Tuesday night. And uh, in an ordination council, I got to ask the same question my cousin asked me in my ordination all these years ago. And he asked me, he said, if, there, if you can do anything else and be happy, if you can do anything else and find fulfillment, if you can do anything else and find joy in your life, then God's probably not calling you into the ministry. And so I tried. I tried other things. And I tried to excel at UPS, and I did. But I wasn't happy. I tried other vocations. I even tried to go back to full-time farming. On my parents' farm, I, I tried several things. But you know what? It didn't scratch the itch. It didn't give me a sense of fulfillment because God had called me, and it was his voice. You've had similar experiences. Is it God speaking to me, or is this speaking to me? Or am I speaking to myself? We have to learn to tell the difference between his voice and our own voice to understand what he's saying to us. And, and, and for us, David writes in Psalm 119, or I'm sorry, in Proverbs 30, that we begin listening to God's voice by reading our Bible. Proverbs 30, verse 5 says, Every word of God is flawless. There are no mistakes, there's no errors. That he is a shield to those who take refuge in him. An amazing thing happens when believers study the Bible. An amazing thing happens when you engage God in this book and you spend time with God. And I suppose it may even be a miracle whenever you spend time in, in God's Word that, that when we read the pages of this book, when we, we, we open our hearts up to God and reveal ourselves to God in a very intimate way and we learn about His personality and His character. But as you study Scripture, keep your eyes open for the teaching and the stories that reveal who God is. Like this story from 1 Kings about Elijah. That God whispers. There might be a storm raging, but God speaks. 
you know, help us understand and apply what we're hearing as we study His Word. Psalm 119, David wrote, Teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees, that I may follow it to the end. Give me understanding, so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Turn my heart toward your statutes and not toward selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. We begin that relationship, that listening to God. And it's very intentional. Second, we begin listening to the God who speaks by obeying. Hearing from God doesn't much matter if we don't obey. See, we have to be coachable. That when we hear God speak, that we allow Him to influence our lives, to influence our decisions. Jesus said in John 10, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. They go wherever I go. They follow me. Except now when we get on the treadmill, we usually walk with other people whenever we're walking. And on this one particular day, we were riding with someone in their car and they came upon, uh, they were riding through Arizona and they had a big sheep farm there. The, the sheep had all come up against the fence. And there was a path, you could see that they walked that fence regularly. But the fellow that we were riding along with, he pulled over and stopped his car. And when he did, those sheep scattered. He got out of his car and as soon as the sheep saw that that wasn't their master, they left. Because it was the wrong voice. It wasn't the right voice. And you saw them all just scattered out on that field away from the fellow who had stopped. Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. We follow him. We're attracted to his voice. When he speaks, we're to move in his direction. When Jesus is speaking to his sheep, and it says here that he is because we know his voice. We recognize that voice, or at least we should. And then we follow him. And in following him, Jesus said, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Once Jesus has you, he's got you. And you, no one can take you from him. Back in 1 Samuel chapter 15, we read, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings? sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord. To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rain. See, recognizing God's voice and obeying Him is critical if we want to hear His voice. And we do want to hear His voice. I believe that you want to hear His voice. I want to hear Him speaking to me. A quiet time this past week, I was having a difficult morning, and I wrote in my journal, I saw it today, when I opened it up, I wrote, I almost scratched it on there, are you there, God? And I was having my quiet time because I wanted him to be with me and I wanted to be with him. And you've been in those places where you need God and you reach out for him. See, recognizing his voice, it's critical that we be obedient. Still many believers wonder if what they hear is really from God. I mean, the fear of being wrong sometimes prevents us from ever having the opportunity to be right. See, remember, God looks at your heart. He sees your heart. And when he sees you stepping out in faith, he comes alongside you to give you everything that you need. One step towards God is an amazing thing because God responds instantly. 
It's Luke 15. You have the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son, the prodigal son who ran off and lived in riotous living, it says in the King James. But that dad, when he saw that son's silhouette come up over the horizon, that dad started running. That's what God does with us. God watches for us to move in his direction. And through obedience, we, we begin to develop a confidence and assurance that we really have heard from God, and we can't always explain it, because it's something internal that's happening in our heart. But when God is speaking to you, trust it. Trust it. Someone may ask you, how do you know it's God speaking? And you might respond, well, I just sense it on the inside. I just know it. When God's speaking, you just know it. You just know it. We were having experiences like that yesterday, interacting with the people. You just knew that you were in a God moment interacting with those people. And the reason you, you know is because you've been building a deep and growing friendship with God and it's a relationship so close that you can't help but hear those whispers when he whispers. Psalm 40, verse 8. David, speaking to God, says, I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. Well, that begs the question. Do you desire God's will for your life above every other desire? What is your most driving desire? If it's not doing God's will, then we're distracted. Because if you do, God will act He'll direct our path and, and we'll listen to his message and, and be quick and easy to respond because when we listen to God and obey him, we'll discover that life is full and rich with purpose because Jeremiah 29 11 says that God has custom made plans for you. And that's an invitation to come and give. I'm grateful that God speaks. Go listen to Listen for his voice. We're going to sing a hymn invitation as Jacqueline comes. If there's a spiritual decision that you need to make today because you've been hearing that whisper, I invite you to come and make it today during this song as we stand together and sing.